Hi, this is Puritan's Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 48 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. May 19. Visited and preached to my people from Acts 20, 18, 19, and endeavored to rectify their notions about religious affections, showing them, on the one hand, the desirableness of religious affections, tenderness, and fervent engagement in the worship and service of God, when such affection flows from a true spiritual discovery of divine glories, from a just sense of the transcendent excellence and perfections of the blessed God, and a view of the glory and loveliness of the great Redeemer, and that such views of divine things will naturally excite us to serve the Lord with many tears with much affection and fervency, and yet with all humility of mind. On the other hand, I observed the sinfulness of seeking after high affections immediately and for their own sakes, that is, of making them the object which our eye and heart is first and principally set upon when the glory of God ought to be that object showed them that if the heart be directly and chiefly fixed on God and the soul engaged to glorify him, some degree of religious affection will be the effect and attendant of it. But to seek after affection directly and chiefly, to have the heart principally set upon that, is to place it in the room of God and his glory. If it be sought that others may take notice of it and admire us for our spirituality and forwardness in religion, it is then abominable pride. If, for the sake of feeling the pleasure of being affected, it is then idolatry and self-gratification. Labored also to expose the disagreeableness of those affections which are sometimes wrought up in persons by the power of fancy and their own attempts for that purpose, while I still endeavored to recommend to them that religious affection, fervency, and devotion, which ought to attend all our religious exercises, and without which religion will be but an empty name and lifeless carcass. This appeared to be a seasonable discourse and proved very satisfactory to some of the religious people who before were exercised with some difficulties relating to this point. Afterward, took care of and gave my people directions about their worldly affairs. May 24, visited the Indians and took care of their secular business, which they are not able to manage themselves without the constant care and advice of others. Afterward, discoursed to some of them particularly about their spiritual concerns. 
enjoyed this day somewhat of the same frame of mind which I felt the day before. Lord's Day, May 25. Discoursed both parts of the day from John 12, 44 to 48. There was some degree of divine power attending the word of God. Several wept and appeared considerably affected, and one who had long been under spiritual trouble now obtained clearness and comfort and appeared to rejoice in God, her Savior. It was a day of grace and divine goodness, a day wherein something, I trust, was done for the cause of God among my people. A season of comfort and sweetness to numbers of the religious people, although there was not that influence upon the congregation which was common some months ago. Lord's Day, June 1, preached both forenoon and afternoon from Matthew eleven twenty-seven to 28. The presence of God seemed to be in the assembly, and numbers were considerably melted and affected under divine truth. There was a desirable appearance in the congregation in general, an earnest attention and an agreeable tenderness, and it seemed as if God designed to visit us with further showers of divine grace. I then received into communion five persons and was not a little refreshed with this addition made to the church of such as I hope will be saved. I have reason to hope that God has lately, at and since our celebration of the Lord's Supper, brought home to himself several persons who had long been under spiritual trouble and concern. Although there have been few instances of persons lately awakened out of a state of security, those comforted of late seem to be brought in in a more silent way. Neither their concern nor consolation being so powerful and remarkable as appeared among those more suddenly wrought upon in the beginning of this work of grace. June 7, being desired by the Reverend William Tennant to be his assistant in the administration of the Lord's Supper, I this morning rode to Freehold to render that assistance. My people also being invited to attend at that solemnity, they cheerfully embraced the opportunity and this day attended the preparatory services with me. Lord's Day, June 8. Most of my people who had been communicants at the Lord's table before being present on this occasion communed with others in the holy ordinance at the desire and I trust to the satisfaction and comfort of numbers of God's people who had longed to see this day and whose hearts had rejoiced in this work of grace among the Indians, which prepared the way for what appeared so agreeable at this time. Those of my people who communed seemed in general 
agreeably affected at the Lord's table, and some of them considerably melted with the love of Christ, although they were not so remarkably refreshed and feasted at this time as when I administered this ordinance to them in their own congregation only. Some of the bystanders were affected with seeing those who had been aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, who of all men had lived without hope and without God in the world, now brought near to God as his professing people by a solemn and devout attendance upon this sacred ordinance. As numbers of God's people were refreshed at this sight and thereby excited to bless God for the enlargement of his kingdom in the world. So some others, I was told, were awakened by it, apprehending the danger they were in of being themselves finally cast out. While they saw others from the east and west preparing and hopefully prepared in some good measure to sit down in the kingdom of God. At this season, others of my people also, who were not communicants, were considerably affected. Convictions were revived in several instances, and one, the man particularly mentioned in my journal of the sixth instant, obtained comfort and satisfaction and has since given me such an account of his spiritual exercises and the manner in which he obtained relief, as appears very hopeful. It seems as if he who commanded the light to shine out of darkness had now shined into his heart and given him the light of and experimental knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. June 9, a considerable number of my people met together early in a retired place in the woods and prayed, sang, and conversed of divine things and were seen by some religious persons of the white people to be affected and engaged and some of them in tears in these religious exercises. After they had attended the concluding exercises of the Lord's Supper, they returned home, many of them rejoicing for all the goodness of God which they had seen and felt, so that this appeared to be a profitable as well as comfortable season to numbers of my congregation. Their being present at this occasion and a number of them communing at the Lord's table with other Christians was, I trust, for the honor of God and the interest of religion in these parts, as numbers, I have reason to think, were quickened by means of it. June 13 preached to my people upon the new creature from 2 Corinthians 5.17. The presence of God appeared to be in the assembly. It was a sweet and agreeable meeting wherein the people of God were refreshed and strengthened, beholding their faces in the glass of God's word and finding in themselves the marks and lineaments of the new creature. Some sinners under concern were also 
renewedly affected and afresh engaged for the securing of their eternal interests. Three Indians were at this time received into communion. One of them was the very aged woman of whose exercises I gave an account in my diary of December 26. She now gave me a very punctual, rational, and satisfactory account of the remarkable change which she experienced some months after the beginning of her concern, which I must say appeared to be the genuine operations of the divine spirit, so far as I am capable of judging. Although she was become so childish through age that I could do nothing in a way of questioning her, nor scarcely make her understand anything that I asked her yet, when I let her alone to go on with her own story, she could give a very distinct and particular relation of the many and various exercises of soul she had experienced. So deep were the impressions left upon her mind by that influence and those exercises which she had experienced. I have great reason to think that she is born anew in her old age. She being, I presume, upward of 80. This concludes episode 48 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.